Lord, for today. We bless his holy name for having gathered us here to receive his word. The word of God that transforms, that edifies, that corrects, that instructs us in the way that we should go, that we may obtain an inheritance among them who are sanctified. What a joy it is for us to bring God's word to you this morning. Um, in our usual manner, can we just bow our heads even as we just pray? Everlasting Father God in heaven, we just want to bless you. We thank you for the privilege to study your word. We thank you for your word that transforms because your word says at the entrance of your word, bring it light and that light give it understanding. Gracious Father in heaven, I pray that even as, we, as I speak, O oh God, Lord, I yield myself as a vessel that Lord, you would use me to bring your word, that Lord, you will speak through me. Lord, as I decrease, may you be on the increase, O oh God, that your name be glorified in the name of Jesus. I pray for your hearers, O God. The Bible said that faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. I ask that, Lord, as they hear your word, may faith arise in their hearts. And, Lord, may you be glorified in their life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, almighty God in heaven. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Um, good morning. Good morning. For those of us who today is your very first Sunday in the place of victory, um, I think this has been mentioned earlier, but we can never over mention it. We love to theme our months as inspired by the Holy Ghost. And in this month of February, we're looking at manifesting God's love. Hallelujah. Manifesting the love of God. And so similar to what my sermon title for this morning, for those who are writing, which I encourage everyone to, because the reality of it is, is the word, the Bible says that indeed, study to show yourself approved. There is a reason why we come under the gathering like this to hear God's word. And so I encourage you to please make time to make notes, to go over the things that you have written. Because even as I speak, God will be ministering to you on different things. Perhaps not even pertaining to this, but in relation to something that I may have said. And I trust that your life will never remain the same in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So my sermon title this morning is titled Manifesting His Love. Manifesting His Love. Hallelujah. Manifesting the love of God. You know, praise God. You know, a man of God once said um, that if there's anything, or rather, you know what, let's just start with our mem for, for our anchor text because that will set the background for what I want to say. Our anchor text this morning is taken from the book of Mark chapter 12. It's a very short scripture. Mark chapter 12 and we're reading from verses 28 to 30. Mark chapter 12 from verses 28 to 30. Praise God. And the scripture here says that then one of the scribes came having heard them reasoning together perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Hallelujah. Now, some versions will say, which is the greatest commandment? Hallelujah. Which is the greatest commandment? Hallelujah. And Jesus answered him and said, the first of all commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Hallelujah. The verse 31 says, and the second is like it. Is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Hallelujah. Some of the versions, when you read the Luke, Luke's account in Luke chapter 10, it says, upon these two hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, the entirety of the Old Testament, which is talking about the law and the prophet, hangs on these two injunctions. That we should what? Love the Lord our God with all our hearts, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. And the second commandment is that we should what? Love our neighbor as ourselves. I pray that the Lord would minister to our hearts this morning in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So like our, our carry on, like what I was saying earlier on, a man of God said that the greatest, or one of the greatest, revel, the revel, that it is revelation that puts us in command of lives, situations, and circumstances. And I will explain. The man of God that was saying this said that any challenge you have in your life is a proof that you have not mastered that area in your life. Praise God. That any challenge in any area of your life is a proof, is a report card that you and I have not mastered that area in our lives. Because the moment we catch a revelation regarding that, at that point in time, that challenge ceases to be a challenge. Because the Bible says in the book of John chapter 1, it says at the entrance of God's word, it said that there is a light that shines in darkness and darkness cannot comprehend it. In other words, at the instance of light, every challenge, every evidence of darkness, at the instance of light in that area, it could be in your marriage, it could be in your health, it could be in your career, it could be in your life as a parent, it could be in your finances, in any area of our lives, any challenge we have is a report card, a proof that there is a level of revelation that we yet, that we are yet to attain for that instance to end. Because remember, the woman with the issue of blood said that she had nursed the challenge she had for 12 years. Praise God. And the scripture says that the moment she caught a revelation of who Jesus was, she said, if only I would touch the hem of his garment, I know. It's not I may be. She said, I know. In other words, knowing is an evidence of certainty. Praise God. Knowing is an evidence that I am sure that today is my day. Praise the Lord. You know, I remember listening to a testimony of a lady who went for a camp meeting. I think it was the Kenneth Hagin camp meeting. And she asked the man of God to pray for her. And the man of God said, I will not pray for you. And she said, go away, take this book and read this book. And in two weeks, come back again. Praise God. And the story goes that after two weeks, the woman came back on her wheelchair. And the people who wheeled her into the venue, she said, she told them, Take back the wheelchair because I will not be needing it after today's service. 
Praise God. And so when she saw the man of God again, she said, I know today is my day. Praise God. In other words, at the instance of a revelation in any area that we seek God for, the moment we have the light that guarantees such a result, at that point in time, it ceases to be a challenge. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And that is why the man of God said that we must strengthen our convictions. Praise God. Convictions, in other words, what we believe. What do you believe as a Christian? Why? Because every day you would face a challenge that would trouble what you believe. And it is based on how stable, how confident you are in what you believe determines how you would live your life. Because convictions brings about stability. Praise God. Convictions bring about stability. Hallelujah. The Bible recommends that an even Abraham, Abraham was fully convinced. The Bible said that Abraham was fully convinced that he who has promised will surely deliver what he has promised. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so oftentimes, for those of us who today is your very first time in the place of victory, I have often said that the greatest revelation any believer can have the greatest revelation any believer can have is the revelation of God's love. Praise God. The greatest revelation anybody can have, trust me, um, we'll talk about insight on divide healing, instance or, or, or insights rather on, on prosperity, insights on excellence, insights on a fruitful marriage. All those revelations are good, but the greatest revelation that must be the desire of any Christian is to understand God's love. Praise God. Because every single thing that comes after that is predicated on how much God loves you. Praise God. Every other thing is predicated on how God loves you. And so for those of us who are looking on the screen, I said that one of the greatest or one of the generally accepted truths that transcends the Christian faith is that God is love. Praise God, is that God is love. The Muslims believe that God is love. The Hindus believe that God is love. Even us as Christians, we know that God is love. Praise God. However, the concept of love that we have is, has been misconstrued by many because not everyone truly understands when we talk about love. Praise the Lord. Some regard love as a deep sense of affection or feeling towards another. Praise the Lord. And so oftentimes in movies, you will see someone say, I love you. And on account of that, they give themselves away, believing that what they are feeling is truly love. Praise God. Others regard love to mean an emotional attachment 
to another on account of the benefit enjoyed. And so for that reason, it could be a material gain. In other words, I gave you money and I'm telling you I love you. Now, I've said this before. I think I said it last year when I was preaching a sermon on, on I think it was the good, the bad, and the godly. And I said that the reality of it is this. You can give without loving. Praise God. You can give without loving, but you cannot say you love without giving. Praise God. I'll say it again. You can give without loving. Why? The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians 13, Paul was saying that even if I give all my goods to the poor and I give my body to be burnt and it is not based on love, it profits me nothing. And so that confirms the statement that you can give without loving because you can give out of the excess you have. You can give what you don't need, but you cannot love or you cannot truly say you love without being able to part with something that is of meaning, of importance or relevance to your life. Praise the Lord. So that brings us to the question of today. What then is this love? Praise God. What then is this love? Um, I think we have, or I don't want to assume, but there are very, that various categories of love. You will have the erotic kind of love that exists between, that's supposed to exist only between man and woman, husband and wife. Praise God. Then you have the kind of love that is supposed to be on a friendship level. It's a platonic kind of love, the filial kind of love. Praise God. But today, for today's service, we're looking at the agape kind of love, the God kind of love, the love that God had for you and I in that he proved that love by giving his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have eternal life. Praise God. And so what then is this agape love? And in my research, I saw this and it says, agape love is a self-giving love. It implies not just a desire or a feeling, but a decision of the will to be committed to someone or something. It is a love that endures even when times are difficult. Feelings may not remain as they once were and involves a total commitment on the part of the one who is loving another. In other words, love is a choice. Praise God. Love is a choice. Love is a choice. Hallelujah. Praise God. I recall a very interesting incident in scripture. Okay? We look at what the Bible is saying here first and foremost. The Bible says that Apostle Paul in the book of 1 Corinthians 13 was defining love. We're looking at what love is now. 1 Corinthians 13 from verses 4. It says, so perhaps you don't know what love looks like. This is what love is supposed to look like. And so when you're asking yourself, do I truly love? This is the yardstick that you and I must evaluate what we call love. And Apostle Paul says that love suffers long 
and love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, and does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and what endures all things. Love never fails. Praise God. I remember, and it says here, but whether there are prophecies, they would fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. I remember when I was in secondary school, there was this secular artist called Jaru. And he had an album then that reached multiple records. And for those of us who are as young as I am, you remember the album, Pain is Love. Praise God. And that statement is not far from the truth. Because the reality of it is you cannot truly say you love and not experience pain. And so the question is, what you are calling love, is it truly love? Because the Bible says here that what love looks like is that love suffers long. Love is kind. Love is what it does not envy. It says love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. And love endures all things. Hallelujah. Because if you look at the nature of our relationship with God, then you can truly agree and admit that what we see here is a true reflection of who God or what God is to us. And that's why I said earlier on that the truth about God is love is a truth that transcends even beyond Christianity. But when we are looking at manifesting the love of God, love, God's love is a guarantee. It's a constant. So we're looking at, we're not looking inwards. We're looking inwards as to how then do I manifest the love of God? Because if it's a guarantee that love, that God is love, then for us as Christians, when you say I love God, what do you truly mean? What are you trying to say? Now, a very interesting scenario happened between Jesus and Apostle Peter. Just after Christ had been risen from the dead, the Bible says in the book of John 21 verse 15, and this is a question that I'm asking you today. You that is watching me from home, that is my question to you. Jesus asked a question and it says in John 21 verse 15, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Hallelujah. Lovest thou me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Praise God. And I'm asking you that question. How, you see, the question is not, do you love God? That's the truth. Yes, if you ask me, 
I will tell you, yes, I love God. But you see, our love must be compared to something before we determine how much do you love me. Again, I will go back to um, a song that we used to sing when I was in secondary school then. They say, how deep is your love for me? Praise God. How deep is your love for God? How deep or how far can you go for Jesus? Because that is the reality of what we're talking about when we are looking at manifesting the love of God. Praise the Lord. Manifesting the love of God. And the truth is this. At every point in time of life, there would always be a these in the equation. Praise God. Loveth me more than these. That was the question Christ was asking Peter. Do you love me more than these? And these these can be a thing that we know or not. Now, I say that in the journey of our Christian experience, this must be a question we must ask ourselves, for there, are always, there would always be a these competing with our love for Jesus. It could be your career. It could be your spouse. It could be your children. It could be material possessions. What is it? If you recall in scripture, the Bible says that a rich young man came to Jesus and he asked Jesus a question. And he says, what can I do to inherit eternal life? And the young man was telling Jesus, you know, I have kept the law from the time I was young up until now that I'm old. I have never done anything wrong against God. I have attended Sunday school on Sunday mornings. I have paid my tithes. I have given my offerings. I have never abused anybody. And Jesus said, you have done all these things, but there is one thing you have left to do. And he says, go. And sell all you have and give to the poor and follow me. And the Bible says, and the man turned back and went because he had great possessions. If we were to ask that question to the young man, do you love Jesus more than these? The answer would be he loves Jesus. That's true, but not more than his material possessions but not more than his material possessions. And I'm asking you that is watching me this morning, how deep is your love for Jesus? Because we are talking about manifesting the love of God. How far can you go? Can God ask you to lay on the altar the thing that you deem precious in your life? Praise God. And Jesus told his disciples and said that this is an evidence to show you that it is easy for a camel to enter through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into heaven. But it says, with God, all things are possible. Praise God. With God, all things are possible. The Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 14 verse 26... Jesus was telling his disciples, and he says, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, 
and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, Jesus is not saying hate. But what Jesus was trying to convey here is this. If you regard your husband or your wife more than me, you are not qualified to be my disciple. And why was God saying this? Because at the point, you see, the beauty of God is this, that he would never demand of you what he cannot do. And so when God is asking for something, it is not something he has not done. Because the Bible says that for God so loved you, for God so loved me more than his son, that he gave his only begotten son, that at the instance of his death, you and I have eternal life. And so Christ is asking, what can you give God this Sunday morning? Because that must be a question that we must always ask ourselves. Jesus or these? Jesus or these? At the journey of our Christian life, you would always have something competing with your love for God. It could be your job. It could be your time. It could be your money. It could be your wife. It could be your children. It could be anything. And so the question is again, how deep is your love for Jesus? How deep is your love for Jesus? Because if we are looking at manifesting the love of God, then we are having the conversations of people being able to see our lives and say yes of a truth. This man or this woman truly loves God. Hallelujah. This man or this woman truly loves the Lord. Praise God. Now, something happened here. Matthew 23 verse 37. The Bible says that a lawyer came to Jesus and asked him, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Hallelujah. Which is the greatest commandment in the law? What then is a commandment? And I said here that according to the dictionary, a commandment is a rule that must be obeyed. Hallelujah. A commandment is a rule that must be obeyed, especially one handed down by God. And so, when we are looking at the commandment of love, you don't have a choice. That's my message this morning. That if we are talking about manifesting God's love, my brother and my sister, you have no choice. It's not an option. It's a commandment. And commandments are supposed to be obeyed to the letter. That is why when you read the scriptures in the book of Romans 13, Romans 13, Paul was saying here and he says, Oh, no one, nothing except to love one another. For he who loves one another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, are all summed up in the saying, namely, 
you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Praise God. Love is the fulfillment of the law. And so I say it again, love is a must. You must love. And so we are looking at, if God is saying this is a must, I have no choice. Then how do I begin to submit to this truth that as I live my life every day, I manifest the love of God? That takes us back to the anchor scripture. The anchor scripture in Mark chapter 12, and I'm only reading verse 30. It says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. It says this is the first commandment. I tell you, preparing for this sermon has been one of the most challenging sermons I've ever prepared in my life. Mind you, by the grace of God, I was looking at my sermon notes where I save my sermons. And by the grace of God, at least I've written over 240 sermons. Praise God. And now, this one, I can boldly say, has been the hardest. Why? My wife asked me two days ago, early in the morning, she was reading the Bible, early in the morning, and she said, what does it mean when you say, when the Bible says, love God with all your heart? with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And she asked and said, does it mean that I can love God with my heart and not with my soul? Does it mean that I can love God with my heart and with my soul, but with not my mind? Does it mean that I can love God with my heart, my soul, and my mind, but with not my strength? And I began to reflect on this, and I came to the humble truth I have not been loving God the way that I should. I have not. Because this is what God demands of you and I. It says what? Love God with all your heart. And so all throughout this month, all throughout this month, by the grace of God, this is all we're looking at. How do I love God with my heart? How do I love God with my soul? How do I love God with my mind? And how do I love God with my strength? Because the reality of it is here in the place of victory, one of our primary goal is to make disciples for Jesus. And if we are going to make disciples for Jesus, then we must make sure that we are thoroughly taught the word of God. Praise God. And so the question that I'm asking this morning is, how then can I love God with my heart? Praise God. How then can I love God with my heart? Praise God, because I've come to realize it's not an option. If God is going to judge me or assess my relationship with him, then he would be assessing me based on this. Because mind you, just like Peter, Jesus asked that question three times to the point where Peter was even provoked and he said, but Lord, you know that I love you. Praise God. Can we boldly say to Jesus, if he was face to face, 
Because the reason why Peter had that confidence was because the Bible says that Peter asked Jesus, what shall it be to us seeing that we have left our father? We have left our mother. We have left our careers. We have left everything to follow you. Praise God. Peter, thou son of Jonah, lovest thou me more than these? How can we love God with all our hearts? And I said here, and I think I've said it here over and over again in this church, and I've said that one of the most vital organs or the greatest asset of a believer is your heart. Praise God. Your most vital asset of a Christian is your heart. Why do I say this? It's because if your heart is corrupt, everything about you is corrupt. The Bible said that it is not what goes into the mouth of a man that corrupts him. It says, but it's the things that proceed out of the mouth of a man. Because out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will speak. Praise God. And so, Solomon was saying in Proverbs 4.23, it says, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it proceeds the issue of life. That is why I say again, the most vital organ, even biologically speaking, the most vital organ in your body is your heart. A man can be brain dead but still alive because the heart is beating. But if your heartbeat stops, you are dead. And so for a Christian, if your heart is corrupt, everything about you is corrupt. That is why God was saying, Proverbs 23, verse 26, He says, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. And that is all we are doing today. That Lord, take my heart and make it what you please. Take my heart and do with it what as, as you want. Because I've come to realize that it is Jesus that gives meaning to my life. Praise God. It is Jesus that gives meaning to my life. As I conclude, how then can I love God with my heart? Number one, we must have an undying commitment to the cause of Christ. Praise God. You must have an undying commitment to the cause of Christ. I say this. If Christianity has not cost you anything, check again. Praise God. I say it confidently. If Christianity, if being a Christian, have not cost you anything, check again. Because I can boldly ask, are you truly a Christian? Praise God. Because in Christianity, love is painful. An example in Christianity, somebody will offend you, but Jesus is saying you must love. It must cost you something. You cannot be a Christian in your comfort zone, never. If Christianity has not cost you your money, then check again. Because the gospel rides on the wings of wealth. 
Praise God. If Christianity has not cost you friends, I ask, check again. Because the Bible says that what a company of fools wearies them. As a Christian, you may have to get rid of some people who are not willing to toe down the line of Christ. Because the Bible says that he that keepeth company with the wise shall of himself also be wise. Praise God. Number two, loyalty. Loyalty. It is Jesus or nothing. Paul was saying that indeed that for me to live is Christ and for me to die is gain. Hallelujah. Are you loyal to the cause of Christ? In other words, when you're saying you're loyal, nothing can wave me. Come rain, come sun, Jesus is my Lord. Come good, come bad, Jesus is my Lord. A good example is in the person of Job. Job says that indeed, even though yet he slay me, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Hallelujah. And the third is like it also, being faithful. When the master will come again, will he find you in your duty post? Because if you say you love God with all your heart, in other words, it is all of you or nothing. Praise God. It is all of you or nothing. If God is saying, give me your all, he has given you his all. And you know, even as I conclude this, many times people say that God is partial. But I say that God is not partial. Because if we are judging the partiality of God on how he blesses others more than the other, you begin to realize that God is saying, if you love me the way I love you, if only you're willing to love me the way I love you, there is no extent to what I would do in your life. And that is our journey from today. How do I love God so much that everything about me speaks of Jesus? Because I know that if I truly love God, I will enjoy the best of God. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9, it says, Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it even entered into the heart of man the things God has prepared for them that what love him and are called according to his purpose. If you and I are to enjoy the best of God, it is high time we check our love level. And I leave us with this quote. It says, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength is an all-consuming and all-encompassing. It is no lukewarm endeavor. It is the total commitment of our very being, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to a love of the Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus Perhaps your love has waxed cold. May the power that raised Jesus from the dead 
awaken your love for him in the name of Jesus. Perhaps your desire is to love God and you're wondering, how can I love God? Praise God. It starts first by accepting him as your Lord and your personal Savior. And if your desire is to make Jesus the Lord of your life, why don't you say this prayer with me? And say, Lord Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. I agree that on the third day you rose again and that you shed your blood for my sins. Therefore, cleanse me with your blood. Cause me to walk in the reality of the new creation as I confess you as the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. If you have said that prayer with us this morning, allow me to say congratulations. You are welcomed into the family of the beloved. Permit me to say that if you can send an email to the email on the screen, admin at placeofvictory.org.uk, we would send you resources that would help you, that will equip you in your work and in your love for Jesus. I challenge you this month, make it an object of focus to love God, to manifest his love, and see what Jesus will do with you. Everlasting Father God in heaven, I thank you for your word this morning. Your word that has come to correct, to instruct, and to guide us. My Lord and my God in heaven, I pray that, Lord, you would preserve this word in our hearts. That, Lord, O oh God in heaven, by your name, O oh God, you would glorify yourself in our lives, O oh God. This word, O oh God in heaven, would not be choked up by the issues of this world. But, Lord, help us to love you. Let your name be glorified, O God. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name we have prayed. Amen. Amen.